for her to be able to do that. Uh, so it's a lot of things, I mean, even that's simplistic, you know, you think, how important is that? Well, it's going to make a difference in services, and it's going to make a difference when they go to the villages, and, and so it it's really is a good thing. All right, uh, we didn't do it this morning, but go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, uh, we're going to look at verse 18. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And this is one we've uh, visited several times, and it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. It, uh, again, it, you, it's so very important that it, his all power is with us always, but it's with us for a reason. It's with us to, to go out and to go to teach, to baptize, and to teach. And, uh, and, and God's with us all along the way. And so uh, that's we're talking about the commands of Christ. And, and uh, tonight uh, we're going to begin again there with the commands of Christ. Last Sunday we stopped with the command to pray. Uh, the command in, in the Matthew chapter 7 that God said for us to pray. And, uh, and, and tried to address, uh, of course, in that Matthew chapter 7 addresses the house upon the rock or a house upon the sand. And, and how important prayer is to having a house upon the rock. I'll be honest with you, uh, a prayer is, uh, as, the older I get, the more that I realize that, you know, the way out of everything, the way out of every crisis, the way, and I say, when I say out of it, that means it doesn't, it doesn't maybe, doesn't remove the crisis from your life. It, it, it helps you to endure the crisis, to handle it with the right spirit, the right attitude. Um, my wife and I talked to you recently, you know, why I have no idea, but I've been having just, uh, just not, not terrible, you know, wicked dreams or anything like that, but I've been, it, it, these, these dreams of, of, of where, you know, I just, I, I, those situations you can't get out of. I told her, it's like every night I'm on a treadmill, uh, but I'm trying to run a race, but I'm on a treadmill and everybody else is on the ground. You know, I just, uh, I, and I said, it's just driving me crazy because I'm waking up and I'm, and so uh, what I've begun to do, uh, she had told me that it's something that, you know, she would have been dreaming, kind of the same thing is going on. And so uh, just wake up and you know what I do? Start to pray the warfare prayer. And, uh, and, and you know, guess what? You go back to sleep. You get sleep, you get rest, and the dreams go away. And, and because there's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. And so and it's so important, the difference that prayer makes, real sincere prayer, the difference it makes in the home. Uh, and we relate to that and how important it is to uh, the children, how important, honestly, how important prayer is to not just our immediate family, but our extended family. When, you, know, you know, when your prayer life is real, your family will eventually start calling you and saying, would you pray? And even if they won't come to church, even if they don't believe like you do, uh, they still, they can't deny that God hears you. They can't deny that God takes care of you. They can't deny that God supplies. And, and, and they can't deny, you know, and they hear the stories. My, my brother John comes here, and every time I tell one of our stories where, where God has done something, he comes back again, and he says, okay, this is like the 1900th time. I've told you, write a book. <laughs> and I, I say, okay, 
you know, I, I ought to, I guess. But, uh, but the fact is, is that, that it really makes a difference in the family. And so, but as we continue tonight with the commands of Christ, I think it's, it's amazing because this is Mother's Day, and I believe this command exemplifies moms like, like really few other commands. Uh, this is, we're going to just deal with one, and, and watch this. You may get out early tonight, okay? Come on now. <laughs> I don't think you believe me. But as we continue these commands of Christ, it, it says this, it says in verse 12, chapter 7, verse 12, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that, that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Oh man, this, this is a mama this is a mama training ground right here. This is what mama, this is what you hear as a kid your whole life. Yeah, and so uh, we're going to talk about this, and I'm going to just have a word of prayer here tonight. Father, I pray you bless these next few minutes, and, and Lord, just guide my mind and, and strengthen us. And Lord, thank you for a wonderful group of people. Lord, thank you for just a, a, an enjoyable place to come. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for just fellowship. Lord, I just I stand amazed. It, it it's been so good uh, to just be around people that that enjoy you, that enjoy each other, that love uh, life and and love serving you. And Lord, I pray that you please let this be a blessing to each and every one that's here tonight. And maybe those that can't come that might be listening, I pray that you bless them. And and Spirit of God, I pray that you just fill me and use me tonight. For for that's what's important. I pray, Lord, that you would make this. Uh, a, a truth that would would it be endeared to our hearts and, and and father that you would wrap your arms around us and protect us here tonight and we need your protection every moment of every day and especially right now as we preach your word and teach your word and and hear it lord please bless us in jesus name amen now, uh, this, this little verse is, is what we know is simply known as the golden rule. Uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And uh, now, this, uh, is this not the primary lesson that a mother of more than one child spends their whole life teaching their children? I mean, if you've got more than one, I, I guarantee you, you spend most of your day in there when they're little trying to get them to understand that they ought to treat their sibling the, the way they'd want to be treated. Uh, you wouldn't want your sister to take that, would you? You wouldn't want your brother to eat that, would you? You wouldn't want him to hit you in the face, would you? You wouldn't want him to bite you, would you? Right? I mean, that's it. you spend your whole day doing that, or unless you got a different kind of family than we had. Now, she is always trying to get them to understand that they should treat others the way they would want to be treated. She's always trying to teach them not to retaliate because it will just cause their sibling to retaliate. You know, I, uh, it's amazing, but, but, you know, at some point, somebody has got to be a Christian. And if they can learn it as children, it might last until adulthood. You know what I mean? It might. I mean, usually it does not. But if we can at least get them to act decent as children, we've done pretty good. She is always saying to be careful of your words that hurt others. As they get a little bit older, we'll, we'll say to them, now don't make fun of him. Would you want him to make fun of you? Anybody ever heard these words? We'll say to them, how would you feel if they said that to you? 
How would you feel now if they said that to you? Uh, sadly, I just, um, you know, I was, I was reading today, and, 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 you know, adult people, and, and still uh, there's this conflict and bitterness between siblings because of their childhood. Dads have a tendency uh, to act differently, though. You see, we have a tendency to say, smack them, and they'll quit bothering you. <laughs> That's our tendency, you know. Uh, and, and at least if he smacks you, smack him back. Amen? amen. Come on now. You, you ought to say amen when you hear the truth. Now, is, is, I got to give you this one. The, the uh, Amber, I think it was Amber, and, and if you ever... Uh, really knew my kids when they were growing up. Amber, I taught them all how to punch, and I taught them all a few basic self-defense moves and things like that uh, because I knew they would one day be dating. And so, uh, and so I, I taught them. But Amber could legitimately punch. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this girl, yeah, this girl is quick as a cat but powerful. I came home one day, and I had a heavy bag in my garage. My weights were all in there, and my heavy bag. And, and I came home one day, and I hear this, poo, 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 poo. And I'm thinking, what kid's in my house? You know, who's hitting my bag? I go in there, and it's Amber. She's getting out a little bit of her frustration. But she could, she could nail you, you know. And so she came home one day, and she was upset because some kids were giving her a hard time. So she came to me. Now, you know, they didn't always do that. Most of the time they weren't, you know, crying to mama. But she came to me and it was like, Daddy, you know, this one's saying this to me. And this one's, and my answer was, baby, just punch one of them, flatten the nose, and you won't have any more trouble. <laughs> Joe Beth heard me. And I got called into a conference. <laughs> she said, you have daughters. I said, yeah, but it still works, baby. It'll still work. Now, honestly, this command is absolutely vital, though. In reality, this command that God gives, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, this is vital because this is a command that all other commands are based upon. That's what Jesus said. This is foundational to all other commands. And watch this. This is foundational to all human relationships. It'll make the difference in every human relationship. If we will really apply this truth in every environment, uh, everywhere we live, if we will really do that, I mean in our homes, but, but that means in the church, at work, at the grocery store, driving down the road, hello? And folks, that's not the easiest thing to do. Y'all want to hear something really weird has nothing to do with anything? Okay, two people do. I just got to tell you this, but we were in that field yesterday, Friday. Friday, we were over here in the field getting ready to start soccer practice. I'm standing beside John Yard. And as I'm standing there, I hear these, these cars gunning, man, motors gunning. And, 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 and I hear all this noise back then. And I, and I said to John, I said, well, I guess nobody, I, mean, I guess it's been too long since anybody hit a tele, telephone pole. I didn't know sir to get that out of my mouth. I said telephone pole, and we heard bam, bam, bam. And John looked at me, and he said, Wow. I said, look, I wasn't prophesying. I just... 
Well, this is a miracle somebody wasn't killed right right at the daycare center down there. They just, I mean, it turned out as some cars were racing and, and they clipped another car and man, that thing flipped. It was, it does not have to go to the compactor, man. It, it was crushed. It was a miracle uh, they, that they were able to get out of there. Demarcus pulled the girl out of the car. You say, what were you doing? I was standing back. <laughs> so let him get up there. He's a fireman. Get him. Because that thing's smoking. Now, but, you know, it, it, was, it was just, you say, what does that have to do with anything? I have absolutely no idea, but I just thought I'd tell you. Now, but this, this command is foundational to all other commands. And it's foundational to all human relationships. Now, if you want to look at Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, I think it would be good to look at it because we got all kinds of time so I can be late. But the, uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. Look at that. It says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And the first and the great commandment, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, this command that we, that we are talking about tonight, therefore, uh, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. This command that we're talking about tonight is really that same thing that you see in Matthew Chapter 22, it's just reworded a little bit. That's all it is. It's just a, a different phraseology. And in reality, the command in Matthew is just reworded a little. And it, to say, if you love others, here's all it's, both of these are saying. If you love others as yourself, you will treat others as yourself. And that's what God's getting, trying to get through to us. He's saying, he's saying that's the look, the second greatest commandment is if you love others as yourself, you will treat others as yourself. You'll treat others the way that you'd want to be treated. And God says that's all the, all the prophets ever preached, all they ever said, all the commandments, they all hang right there on that. That's the nail that holds all the rest of them up. It doesn't eliminate them. It says that's the basis, that's the foundation that holds all of these up. Now, in reality, as I said, it's just reworded. If you take a, a hard look at the law and everything the prophets taught you, uh, you'll find it ultimately it will come down to treating people the way you would want to be treated. That's all it really comes down to. I mean, everything, Ten Commandments, if you really look at you, those that have to do with relationships, and, and that's how uh, what the, when Jesus broke it down into two commands, he took the Ten Commandments and broke them down into two because there's, there's the, the commandments that apply to our relationship with God, then our, the commandments that apply to our relationship with, it, with people. And so placing unselfishly the needs of others above your own desires would change your world, your family, your church, all human relationships. If we simply unselfishly look for the needs of others rather than the meeting of our own needs. Now, I'm going to give you a verse that you could just memorize. If you want to put this down, I think it's a wonderful verse. My wife ha, uh, has used it for years and years and years. It's been a, kind of a basis of decision about things that we do. But it's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 27 and 28. Uh, really, verse 27 is the primary verse, but 
It says, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, 28, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. You know, God says, you know, I understand that sometimes you can't help somebody. You don't have the power to do it. But he said, if you got the power to do it, do it. Do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give thee when, watch this, when thou hast it by thee. You know, God's saying this, this thing, what he's trying to teach us, this goes past just, oh, well, you know, I like to try to help people. No, God says when you're being inconvenienced, when you don't feel like it, when you don't want to, but you're able to, he said that's when you're supposed to do it anyway. Can we get an amen somewhere? Because I'm just trying to prep you because I'm going to your house to eat tonight. So, <laughs> The true life of others... Just living your life for others. See, that's the life of Christ. And it's, it's a sacrificial life. And listen to this, please. It's a sacrificial life in the immediate, but it is a blessed life in time and eternity. You see, when we do what Christ tells us to do, can I tell you, that's really what all the ministries we have. That's what visitation on Saturday is about. Visitation on Wednesday is about. That's what the people running buses is about. That's, that's what uh, going to the nursing homes is about. That's what uh, uh, Kids for Christ tonight is about. That's, you know what that is? It's saying, you know what? None of these things are really convenient. None of these things maybe sometimes are even comfortable because, you know, it's hot on a bus or it's or, or weary or tired. But you know what they are? They're all things where somebody, says others are more important than my pleasure others are more important than my relaxation others are more important than me getting a few more minutes of rest the true life of others is blessed a blessed life in time and eternity the selfish life the self-centered life may reap benefits in the immediate but it will leave you in poverty in time and eternity. And that's the, the whole difference. You, you're either, you know, right now you're inconvenienced, but, but what pleasure you have in, in, as time goes by, or especially in eternity, what a wonderful thing that is. If you, if you sacrificed your, your life, and time, okay, I, you know, I, it keeps so much on my mind, but, but, you know, the truth is Mike and Brooke gave up 10 years of their life uh, on the mission field and 10 years of a lot of suffering, 10 years of, of some sickness, and 10 years of doing without some things. And, and watch this. It has been a blessed life in time. I'm not saying it was real convenient at the moment, but, but right now getting ready to, to ordain uh, Josh Brown next Sunday, that's an exciting thing to, to look at and say, that's blessing. That's a blessing. Uh, to go out visiting Saturday and, 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 and one of the ladies who came in this morning, uh, it, again, there's somebody that, that Mike and the boys talked to uh, Saturday at the door and a lady in a lot of confusion, a lady in a lot of turmoil. But then she walked in the door this morning and I asked her, I said, uh, she came in, I said, ma'am, you're brand new. I shook her hand. I didn't get to meet her Saturday. I shook her hand and I said, what brought you to us? And she said, some of your people came by my door yesterday. Listen, you know what? That takes some time and it was a little warm and it was a little humid and it was a little, you know, maybe a little weary, but bless God, the benefit. 
Jesus was and is our greatest example of the sacrificial life. He did not give it because he was commanded to, but because he chose to. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says this, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And listen, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He says, I sacrifice, I laid down my life for you. Will you lay down your life for me? Is he really God? Is Jesus Christ really God? If Jesus Christ is really God and he laid down his life for us, and what he's saying is, and you ought to lay down your life for me. When we have a willing spirit that was in Christ, we live as 17, 18, continue to teach. He, that's verse 16, but verse 17 says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shut up of his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? I got my guns out. Uh, if, if we are able to go help somebody, forgive me, if we're able to go visit, if we're able to work on a bus route, if we're able to teach a Sunday school class, if we're able to help with kids, if we're able, now notice I said, God always, let, he, he always qualified, he said if you're able, right? Right now, Mrs. Felton is doing all that she is able. If she showed up and said, I'm going visiting on the bus route, I'd slap her. <laughs> because she's doing all that she is able. But if we're able, and we just choose not to. Now, you don't hear me. I'm, I'm a really nice guy, right? But every once in a while, we got to hear some hard things. And it comes down to this what God said. He said, I gave my life for you. And he made it pretty plain. You ought to give your life for me. And he makes it so clear. He says, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And he said, if you don't understand that, but whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shut up up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? You know, that's why we have a food bank, amen? That's why we run buses, amen? That's why we do that. But simple truth is we could help more people if more people were there to help more people. Do you love me? Everybody say, we love you, Brother Hooker. You bunch of liars, aren't you? I'm trying to be nice, but not too nice. He said, uh, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. He said, if it doesn't become a deed, it ain't the truth. How are we doing tonight? This is just for y'all, Mama. All right. 
God is blessing Calvary, honestly, with visitors, with members, with finances, with, with people coming in. We're getting God's blessing with jobs. God's blessing with servants surrendering to the call of God. You know, that, that shows that the church is alive when, when God's still moving to tell people to go somewhere to do something and they're willing to do it. Man, I've been in a bunch of churches in my, in my lifetime. I've been in a bunch of places. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, they may be a bigger crowd, but when that crowd, you couldn't chisel their rear end out of a, of a, pole, uh, of a pew uh, for nothing, for no reason. Then there's a problem. But Calvary's not that way. Now, one crucial reason why I believe that this is continuing to happen here is because there's, and I hope you get this, but because there's not one big shot among this group. We don't have a hot shot in here. There's no one better than anybody else. I think that's what I fell in love with from the time I set foot in here. It don't matter who walks through that door. They get love known. Even Sam. And so, we do love you, Sam. And I just want you to know, I'm praying that Sam don't leave. That means I'm praying your car breaks down, but I'm praying. <laughs> no one is better than anyone. We are on level ground seeking to walk up the hill for God, but we're not doing it alone. You see... We're all doing it by locking arms, by helping others to continue, by lifting up the fallen, by encouraging the discouraged, by bringing security to the insecure, and by loving those who felt unloved. That's what God wants. That's what he wants us to do, and that's what we continue to do. And I just believe if there's a church that's doing it, I'm not saying that, you know, if we wanted to blow the doors off and get a big crowd in here, we just got to get the right entertainment. But that's not what God wants. He wants us to grow as he wants us to grow because he wants us to grow in living and serving and reaching people for Christ. The sincerity of love and compassion is building a house upon the rock. I believe that's happening. I really do. Now, I'm almost done. (laughs) Unless I think of something else. There's a fascinating study on the principle of the golden rule, and it was conducted by Bernard Rimland, director of the Institute for Child Behavior Research. I don't know who this guy is. I really don't care. But it says there, Rimland found that the happiest people are those who help others. Each person involved in the study was asked to list 10 people he knew best and to label them as happy or not happy. Then they were to go through the list again and label each one as selfish or unselfish. Using the following definition of selfishness. Here's the definition of selfishness. A stable tendency to devote one's time and resources to one's own interest and welfare. Unwillingness to inconvenience oneself for others. In categorizing the results, Rimland found that all the people labeled happy were also labeled unselfish. 
He wrote that those whose activities are devoted to bringing themselves happiness are far less likely to be happy than those whose efforts are devoted to making others happy. Here's what he concluded. This man concluded that the Bible was true. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's true. You see, they're happier. And the truth is, you've got to admit it, you're happier. You may, for the moment, it may be a little bit of a rough day. For the moment, it may be a little bit of a trying day. Uh, you know, maybe you're out visiting and, and you've got about 19 doors slammed in your face. Or you've walked in the heat and, and uh, nobody's home, nobody's home, nobody's home. Until you get three houses down. And then three houses in a row, you see them run out to their car, get in their car and drive away when they wouldn't answer their door. That's a little bit discouraging at times. But somewhere along the way, the truth is you always feel better that you know that you gave your heart to somebody else. You gave your life to somebody else. You, gave, you were trying to help somebody else. And, and listen, we're really, in the world that we live in, we're looking for the ones. We're looking for that one lady that came in, uh, Daphne, I think it was. I, I, we're looking for that one that came in this morning. And, and look, I don't know if she'll ever come back. But, but I, I can't believe she wouldn't because she got to hear me. And so we don't know. We don't know for sure. But, but the fact is that she came. Somebody cared enough to go, and somebody made a difference in a life that was, honestly, she was a, a woman that was in great distress. Now, the truth is, this the fulfillment of this verse in the church, you have so many opportunities. You, you can work in a Sunday school. You can work in a bus route. You can work in junior church. You can work at the Welcome Center. You can uh, work at the assisted living centers that they go to on Thursday and Sunday. You can work in a Wednesday and Saturday visitation. You can work at VBS when we have it. You can uh, get involved in Kids for Christ. You can get involved in teen activities. You can get involved in the nursery. You can get involved in primaries. And, and honestly, it goes on and on from there. And I know you're sitting there thinking, Brother Hooker, you're just using this as, as trying to get people to do something. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're that smart. It's because the principle teaches. This is what it teaches. You'll be happier if you do. You just will. Look, try sleeping in to about 10 o'clock on Saturday and see how you feel at 11. Or try getting up and coming out to see soccer next Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning. By 11, you may be hungry, but you will have laughed, you will have enjoyed, you will have had a great time in a, in a, in a meeting, and you might even have knocked on the door or two and said, you know what, this has been good. And watch this, folks. We don't, we're not in Bible college. We don't go out for eight hours. We get out there about 10.30. We start looking for the bus about 11.30. You say, can you accomplish anything? Yeah, we do. Especially if you got a lot more people doing it. Now, <clears throat> doing everything God wants you to do, all these take one thing above talent, above skill, and that's a desire to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That's all it really takes. Christianity is not alone in the golden rule. I'm going to give you some comparisons real quickly and we'll be done, but it's not alone in the golden rule. 
The difference in Christianity and all the other religions that have a golden rule is theirs is the golden rule, Christ's golden rule is a positive, and theirs is all negative. And here's what I want by that I mean. The Talmud of Judaism says, What is hateful to you, do not to your fellow man. Brahmanism says, do not unto others which would cause you pain if done to you. Buddhism says, hurt not others in ways that you hurt uh, you, that you yourself find hurtful. Confucianism says, do not unto others that you would not have them do unto you. I don't know if you recognize it, but all these are don't do things. Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You see, all others feel that as long as I've done nothing to you, I've fulfilled my obligation to you. Jesus said the absence of doing wrong is not good enough. And some, we get caught up in that. We think, well, I'm not being mean to anybody. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not getting anybody's way. I'm not doing anything to anybody. But that's not what he said. He didn't say the absence of bad makes it okay. He said clearly, y'all with me? Do. Do good. What we individually do, we will corporately do. And that's what makes Calvary a church that I believe is making a difference in being built on the rock. But individually, we have to ask ourselves, who have I helped? Who could I help? Who have I visited? Who have I handed a track to? Who have I witnessed to? Who have I handed a dollar? You know, several of us grabbed wallets that we pretty much had empty here Friday because the guy had a need and he seemed to want to work a little bit. So we started collectively trying to help this guy out to get a, get a room for the night because he at least tried to work. You know, say, well, what if he was just a con artist? Then he has to answer for God. What I have to answer for is, was it in my power? I told him, I was in my office, and I pulled out my wallet. I said, I don't have anything, man, and I didn't. I showed him my wallet. I said, it's empty. It's the way it is most all the time. I said, but if I had it, I, I would give you something. You, know, you want to work, and, I, and I'm glad of that. I, I would give you. Well, I went out to my truck, and I forgot that we had that little money bag in there. It had $10 in it from where we kept some ones in there for our book sales. And so I, I, reached, I looked at there, and I said, oh, well, I wonder what's in here. And I opened it up, and there was $10. So I got back out. I'd already told him if I had it, I'd give it to you. So I did. Now, truthfully, I don't know what he did with it. But I know the Lord had told me, if you can, then do it. So I did it. What's God wants you to do? Folks, it's 7 o'clock. You say, how do you know? Because somebody had their stupid phone set for 7. <laughs>
you know what? Why don't we just pray tonight? Lord, what do you want me to do? Everybody shouldn't do every, the same thing. That's why we got all these different things. But forgive me if you're able, we ought to do something. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless.